Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your Hello, Andrew. Hello, Edwin. We're wrapping up the week in Psalm 45. It's been a week of singing and songs, at least not... It's not been us singing, though. I think everybody's thankful for that. <laughs> hey, man, it's been a week thinking about weddings. You you got any friends getting married this year? Probably. Yeah, I probably do, too. I know in about 10 months, I have a son getting married. Well, that's exciting. It is. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and read the song? <laughs> Before we get distracted by personal events. Yeah, that's right. Psalm 45, today I'm reading from the New International Version. For the director of music, to the tune of Lilies, of the sons of Korah, a mascal, a wedding song. My heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verse for the king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. You are the most excellent of men, and your lips have been anointed with grace since God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword upon your side, O mighty one. Clothe yourself with splendor and majesty. In your majesty ride forth victoriously in behalf of truth, humility, and righteousness. Let your right hand display awesome deeds. Let your sharp arrows pierce the hearts of the king's enemies. Let the nations fall beneath your feet. Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. All your robes are fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia. From palaces adorned with ivory, the music of the strings makes you glad. Daughters of kings are among your honored women. At your right hand is the royal bride in gold of Ophir. Listen, O daughter, consider and give ear. Forget your people and your father's house. The king is enthralled by your beauty. Honor him, for he is your Lord. The daughter of Tyre will come with a gift. Men of wealth will seek your favor. All glorious is the princess within her chamber. Her gown is interwoven with gold. In embroidered garments she is led to the king. Her virgin companions follow her and are brought to you. They are led in with joy and gladness. They enter the palace of the king. Your sons will take the place of your fathers. You will make them princes throughout the land. I will perpetuate your memory through all generations. Therefore, the nations will praise you forever and ever. I will perpetuate your name. I will cause your name to be remembered in all generations, the English Standard Version. We brought this up earlier in the week, and there's two options for who this I is when we get to the end of the psalm. The I who is perpetuating the name and making it great. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think for most of us, we hear that, and what first jumps to our mind is who is it that has the power to bless and to honor, to lift up and to bring down? Who is it that has the ability to perpetuate? And who is it that made the covenant with the king that said, I'm the one that's going to give you kids and sons and hold them in my hand and and your throne will be forever and ever? Yahweh. Yeah, that's God. Mm-hmm. And so it's very possible that we have right here at the end this switch of voice or a shift of voice 
uh, of God is the one who is making this proclamation. It's like God is blessing their wedding. There's going to be great sons and you're going to always be known. Yeah. So it's, you know, I mean, I guess... I guess it's possible that the two options could be blended together because the second option is that the I of verse 1 is also the I of the final verse that we've got. My heart overflows with a pleasing theme. I address my verses to the king. My tongue is like a pen of a ready scribe, which sounds like the poet himself the is poet, saying, yeah. giving some kind of introduction to the poem. It's 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 like, um, you know, when you've seen those movies and you've got either the court gesture or the court musician who kicks off his song with kind of an explanation of himself. And, you know, ah, oh, here I am to sing this song and now I'm going to sing about this. And then it, then the song. Yeah. You know, it's possible right now as I'm describing these two options that we maybe we're supposed to see a little bit of a mixture. If the son of Korah is speaking by inspiration and God is allowing that then the ultimate author of this psalm is not the son of Korah. Well, of course. But is God. And so the poet who's saying, I'm going to make you remembered, could also be God. So maybe we've got a mixture of these two things. But these are... And that's a neat idea that you have a narrator voice or a story within a story. And God is is the one who is narrating and blessing and honoring. And God is the one who is teaching. And God is the one who is saying, I will cause your name to be remembered in all generations. I... I, uh, I uh, actually just thinking about that right now here as we're talking about it right now I've I've been keeping the two choices kind of separate but actually I could see how they blend together. Either way, what we find here is a song to be sung forever. Yeah, that's right. Here is a wedding song that's honoring mm-hmm. the king, that's praising the king and his bride, that's lifting up their marriage and their wedding and now we're told this is supposed to now be forever. And as you were sharing, this was a psalm or has been a song that has worked its way into traditional Jewish weddings. My understanding that's fascinating. I, yeah, I don't know if it's still used that way, but I do understand that historically that it did move into being used as yeah. a, a wedding. In fact, one commenter, he, he was trying to make the point that, oh, probably or he was responding to the point that some have made because it became used in weddings in general. Oh, that's probably what it was originally for. And his point was, no, we're probably reading the later use back into it, that originally ah. it was about the king. Okay. Originally it was used for the kings. But as time wore on, it began to filter down into the common wedding. Okay. So that, again, on the wedding day, the groom and the bride, you're the king and queen yeah. today. King you're, and you're queen for a day. King and queen for a day. So we do find that. I don't know if it's still used that way uh, or not, but that did happen historically, apparently. But here, okay, so irony? Is this irony? I'm. You're going to, they're you going like, to remember. You mean like what, rain on your wedding day? Irony? <laughs> Yeah, is that ironic? That's that's just misfortune. Oh, but uh, it, it, but irony here, kind of. I'm going to write this so that your name will be remembered forever. He forgot to tell us the name. He forgot to tell us the name of the king. <laughs> Poet. So, so whoever the king was originally, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know who this king is. I'm going to write this song, and because I've written this song, they're going to know your name forever, but the name is left out. And so commenters and scholars make all kinds of suggestions about who this could be. Probably the most common is Solomon. Yeah. Uh, some suggest it's Ahab. Some suggest, I think... Uh, uh, one of his when one of his daughters marries the the king of Judah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, then we've got uh, just some others much later that are that are posited. But the fact that all of these are 
proposed just demonstrates to us we don't know who this is originally. Right, right. Which proposes a problem for this last verse, unless, of course, it's supposed to be another reminder that we're going to learn the real name at some point, and the real name is the name that is supposed to be honored forever and ever. Hmm, I wonder whose name that could be. Yeah, I like that. We don't know the name originally, but we do know the name ultimately. Yes. And that is Jesus Christ. And so... Jesus' name, the name above all names, we're told in Philippians, Mm -hmm. at which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess him as Lord. Um, Oh, wait a minute. Wasn't that in verse 11? Since he is your Lord, bow to him. Hmm. Yeah, it was. Psalm 45, verse 11. So every knee will confess and every knee will confess. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess Mm -hmm. that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. His name, his kingdom, his throne, his scepter will remain forever and ever and ever. We know that name. We absolutely do. And this, therefore, is a song to be sung in praise of him forever and ever and ever. When I think about the pictures of glorifying Jesus Christ, I think about the book of Revelation in the fifth chapter, where the heavenly hosts are gathered in this vision, and they are praising this lamb who was slain. And they're talking about why, why he is worthy to be worshipped, and worshipped forever and ever. In Revelation 5 and verse 9, they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Angels gathered round to praise him with a loud voice. In verse 12, worthy is the lamb who is slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. They go on in verse 13, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Jesus is worthy. Jesus is worthy for his sacrifice, for redeeming people and making us a kingdom and making us priests. Jesus is worthy because he laid down his life, the lamb who was slain, the lamb of God and fulfillment of the will of God to create this people. And his worth extends for eternity. Talking about a song that should be sung forever, you bring up the book of Revelation. It reminds me of how Revelation essentially ends. Mm. The very last thing that we find in the book of Revelation is described this way in Revelation 21, beginning at verse 9. Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and spoke to me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of of the lamb. We often run right by that to then talk about the city that he sees. Yeah. But the city coming down out of heaven is the bride. Mm-hmm. This is a song that has been sung forever. This mm-hmm. is a song that from mm-hmm. Psalm 45 on to the very end of Revelation chapter 21 and 22, the praise of the groom and the bride, the son and his wife, the king and his city. This is what we find all the way till the very end of the word of God. This song is sung in praise of Jesus, 
the Christ, the Messiah, the King, the one whom everyone should confess, the one whom everyone should bow toward, the one who conquers. And here, this is how the word of God ends describing this king and his bride and how glorious the bride is. That's that's us. That's us. The beauty of the wedding and the joy of the wedding. I appreciate how in so much messianic literature we have this wedding picture that comes up again and again. And of course, Jesus in his first of the public signs, it's at a wedding feast in Cana of Galilee. There is something so wonderful about marriage in and of itself that people will recognize and will have a wedding uh, that is just a foretaste, just a picture to try to show us ultimately the reality of this eternal union of Christ and his bride, Christ and his church. And therefore, from now until the end of time, Mm -hmm. and then on into eternity, the praise of our King who went forth conquering and to conquer, and that is exactly what he did. He has defended his bride, Mm -hmm. he has protected his bride, he has preserved his bride, and because of him, the bride is presented in honor, in glory, in splendor, again, That's us, and we will be able to sing these praises forever and ever and ever. It is a song to be sung forever. It's such a joy talking about Psalm 45. This has been just great this week. Um, Listen, it is Friday, and if you're in the Tampa area this weekend, we'd love for you to come out and worship with us at Livingston. We're meeting at 10 a.m., and all the information you need about that is found at the website christiansmeethere.org, christiansmeethere.org. Let's pray. Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, for the day that you've given us. We thank you for these conversations this week as we go through your Psalm 45 and meditate upon it, the beautiful imagery of the wedding, of the mighty king, the groom, of the beautiful bride, uh, bedecked and, and, and loved. Father, these things show us your great plan, ultimately, for an eternity in heaven with you and all that Jesus has done to make it possible and what a special relationship it is to be in covenant, like into a marriage covenant uh, with him. Father, we look forward to the day that we are with you in heaven, glorifying him forever and ever and ever. And we pray, God, that you might lead us to that day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.